Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. Hey, Founder Fam, before we dive into another incredible conversation, I want to share something really special with you. Whether you're just joining us or you've been following us since the beginning, you've been a critical part of our community working to change entrepreneurial education. I started Founder almost a decade ago with the mission to provide entrepreneurs access to the world's greatest business leaders. Our goal was to break down barriers to entrepreneurial education, and that's taken us on a journey from Founder Magazine to this podcast and beyond, and today marks the next step in that journey, Founder Plus. I'm proud to introduce you to Founder Plus, which is an all-access pass to each of our online courses and programs and their proven frameworks for success. It puts every strategy we've compiled from world-class instructors at your fingertips while connecting you to a global network of like-minded entrepreneurs. Founder Plus will take your business to the next level for today and tomorrow. So whether you've just joined our family or you've watched us grow from humble beginnings, we're really thrilled to have you join us in this exciting new phase of making the Founder brand and this company the world's best entrepreneurial community to launch and grow your business. So finally, before we get into today's episode, I'm inviting you to come back Check out Founder Plus and go to founder.com forward slash membership. I'm really excited, guys. This is an incredible new evolution of entrepreneurial education. And our mission is really to get as many of these founders that we interview to teach and also give back on the Founder Plus platform and really go more in depth with the knowledge and the experiences and the lessons learned that they're sharing all in Founder Plus. So guys, please go check it out if you're enjoying these interviews. That's it from me. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's jump in. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Go, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Ronnie, welcome back, man. Welcome to our e-commerce AI Summit. Excited to have you here. Last time we spoke, we spoke a lot about SEO and organic. You're a bit of a G when it comes to SEO and growing e-commerce brands using SEO. You're a big fan of uh, first-party data and uh, why it's so important to really grow your e-commerce brand. You have a portfolio of brands. Uh, the most well-known one that you talk about is Brandzio Watches, which you've scaled. It's a uh, I don't even know how big it is, but does over seven, multiple seven figures at least a year. So um, the first question I ask everyone that comes on is how did you get your job? Okay, how'd you find yourself doing the work you're doing today? <laughs> Thank you, Nathan, for having me. How did I find my job? Uh, 
I think I ended up in entrepreneurship uh, as a mistake, right? I, I, I shopped around and people said I had a very big personality. So I was never, I was never an employee market fit in any organization. So I said, if, uh, if nobody's going to end up giving me a job, I, I said, I'll create one myself. And that's how I started in my business, which is essentially, uh, you know, there's, there's that story that I told before when I was with you, which is, you know, picking blueberries, working at Best Buy, self-taught digital marketer. And then, you know, uh, the, the story is basically, they said, you have a big personality and somehow, you know, people get scared of it. And I, and I can understand that. So I said, I'll make my own, I'll make my own way and took a chance on myself and I started my own business. Mm. And uh, you have a portfolio of brands, which is really interesting. How many brands, e-commerce brands, do you have under your portfolio right now? At the moment, about 15. So, yes, sir. Yeah. So, a few a few in the watch market. So, watch and watch accessories. A few in software. Um, and, the way, and the way things are looking now, what we've been working on for the last, I think, about eight months is to deploy uh, a product which is quite similar to Microsoft Office, which is called Truly Office. So quite quite a big undertaking when you're trying to compete with a with a giant that does about $15 billion in revenue. Mm, interesting. Okay. So last time we chatted, you shared about how you rebuilt your company through content marketing and SEO. Um, what do you think the state of SEO marketing is right now, in particular with the emergence of AI and how easy it is to create content? Well, the, the, the issue is, I would like to sound like an expert, but the, the problem is Google has been stumped with exactly what the updates that they've been pushing for the last, uh, for the last month. Google's rolled out three different updates, right? When you're looking at the three different updates, it's a bit confusing because if you are, if you are a website that is well-established, so Google goes by EEAT, so, you know, uh, authority and trust and, you know, uh, and everything else un under the market, uh, any, if you're a trusted site, chances are uh, you you will you will gradually see uh, you will gradually be trusted and you'll gradually see a bump up, which is happening right now. About a month ago, uh, the algo uh, what Google launched was something called the helpful content up update. Right now, with the helpful content update, what's quite interesting is uh, you're finding out that uh, the main winners of the site was something that used to happen in the '90s. So if you had like forums, so Coming back to creators and talking about creators, if you have UGC, so if you, when people think about user-generated content, user-generated content could be in terms of ads. It that's what you're thinking as an e-commerce entrepreneur. It's just like it could be ads, it could be, uh, you know, uh, re customer testimonials, reviews, etc. But there's a different side of uh, UGC content which I, I can talk about, which is the SEO part of it. And when you think about uh, UGC, uh, UGC's 1.0, that's forums, right? So when this content update rolled out, it was going back to UGC 1.0, which is the forum-based websites, Quora, Reddit, uh, LinkedIn, and, uh, and we had communities and people who were essentially creating these communities where interactions were going on, people were asking questions and answers. Uh, and, you know, there was, there was, there's this whole sort of plethora of people coming together under a certain umbrella, under a certain product. Those were the sites that were actually rewarded. So when you're talking about UGCs from that perspective, and when you're tying it into like SEO, this is a classic example of why you should actually, you know, uh, when, when people talk about communities, it doesn't mean you need to have Facebook groups or WhatsApp groups or anything else. It also means tertiary, are you creating something uh, with uh, 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 a space where people, where people can have this chat, right? So that's something that I found really, really interesting that what Google's trying to do at the moment. Mm. So 
when it comes to SEO, what's what's working in your business right now? So, yeah, so so uh, the the interesting thing about AI, right? At the end of the day, is like it's everything about Moore's law in terms of what's happened in the last like eight months is 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 it's a bit overwhelming, right? So I'll give you the the basics of it. What what I use as a tactical uh, tactically for my business, right? So w- about eight months ago, I was using Jasper, and Jasper was all the buzz and et cetera, et cetera, right? And Jasper costs you about hundred to hundred dollars a month. But now, if you go to Bing, right? Bing literally has Chat GPT and everything else built into it, and it does live crawling of all the URLs that are indexed on that are indexed on Bing itself, right? So there's there's a couple of things that I actually use. Number one is I live crawl all the all the URLs. Uh, in Bing just to get an idea of what I'm actually looking at. So, so for example, if I'm looking for uh, top top watches of 2023, right, or, or next release of watches 2024, Bing will actually come and generate all the results, the, the 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 articles out of let's say the the top 10 blogs that it trusts, right. So you actually know you have a baseline for with the top 10 blogs that Bing has indexed for, right. I would essentially take these articles and then move them all into OpenAI, so the chat, the ChatGPT function at the end of the day, right. And from there, I would ask ChatGPT with a prompt to rewrite these articles in a more SEO-friendly, reader-friendly way, right? So option number one is you can use Bing itself. Option number two is you can use ChatGPT with, you know, with the plugin of Bing as well and sort of do the same process, right? Your prompt is what is going to be the most important part and how you're actually asking the, the, the AI to rewrite your content, right? The third part, which a lot of people ignore, is basically you need to edit it. You need to edit it to, to sort of for a human to read it, because this is a machine that's actually coming up with it, right, at the end of the day. So you need to have a human edited, you need to see what the layout is, what the flow is, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the time you're able to push it live. Now, what a lot of smart SEOs are doing is they're using something called Make, right, which is like Zapier. And within Zapier, they're able to deploy with Midjourney or Dali, Dali is one that works right now, with Dali and and uh, ChatGPT, you can actually ask it to write an article do the image prompt within within Dali as well, so it gives you like a massive, uh, uh, let's say a thousand word article with images of like emperor penguins, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then it's off to the races, and then it's published on your WordPress blog. So it's literally like five minutes. It's live. Yeah. And you're not getting penalized for doing that. Nope. No. No, you're not. It's 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 uh, it's what Google had frowned upon years ago, which was basically page builders. So page builders uh, was basically like, it used to be this old school software where you could just deploy. If you liked a website, you could literally copy that website and deploy hundreds of pages that look like this website one fine day. And Google had shunned it. But in this last update, it seems like it's not it's not the way forward anymore. Google's actually saying, yes, you can deploy multiple pages of multiple content because you need to feed the beast. And that's what Google's looking at right now, is feed me as much information as you can. But that's insane because the content is effectively being respun from a. Yeah, wow, that's that's wild. I'm as confused over the last like, let's say six to eight weeks, uh, because it's 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 exciting in the way that like you know you could literally literally spin out a hundred two hundred pages right and and see how they go instead of but hundred two hundred is on the low end right you could be spinning out a thousand pages a month super easy right. Uh, but but the part that what Google calls the helpful content is actually the not so helpful content uh, content update, and then and they they rolled out another one, I think about a week ago, which which penalizes all affiliate sites, uh, which which have have reviews best of, uh, you know be, like so example best watch is twenty twenty four, it's not going to work anymore. Google's actually just 
is going to eat it up and put it into paid search, which is interesting. Mm, crazy. Okay. So right now you're just using that method to spin out ridiculous amounts of content and articles and you're ranking? Well, I have... So we have a test site. So usually we have a third URL. We'll, we'll test this on a, like a live WordPress site and see how it works. We don't do it on our main sites because we need, you know, we don't want to penalize the main site. So please don't do it on your main site. So if you do get a chance, have a test site, try out everything on there. And if it's working on there, like a couple of weeks, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll know when things are indexing and how quickly they're indexing. So yeah, I mean, they're working on the test site. So we're able to bring it back and actually like deploy it on the main site and say, look, let's just scale as quickly as we can. We don't know how long this is going to last right? Because there's another content update that's going to come November and then one in December. And that for sure is going to hit different things. But while while it's good, I would highly suggest it because every page that I'm seeing that I'm putting out programmatically is being indexed, number one. Number two, uh, am I able to, so before, so simple example, uh, to, to, to get traffic between five to 10K clicks a month, right? Uh, it would, it would, well, five to 10 clicks a day, it would previously take me about three to six months to get to that volume. Today, I didn't get to that same volume in about seven days. Wow. So you're getting five to 10K clicks a day. Yeah, you can you can scale it in a week versus six months. So it's like, so uh, it just depends on the execution tactic, right? So something that I can talk about, which uh, I guess we discussed earlier was programmatic SEO, right? So when you look at programmatic SEO from, let's say, a very wide perspective, so let's put it like uh, a broad perspective. So, so for example, if you're looking to sell courses, right? Let's say digital marketing courses. People are looking for digital market courses in different geos. So you're looking at, uh, let's say, digital marketing courses San Diego, digital marketing courses LA, digital marketing courses. Uh, so you, you take the top 50 cities that you want to target, right? So you take the top 50 cities. Next, you're going to write everything about digital marketing courses with this particular location in that particular city. And of course, you want to make a really nice long page, which is helpful with the pictures of your courses, you know, a couple of videos about it, uh, you know, uh, link it, link it to your, uh, to either LinkedIn and YouTube and everything else where people can actually see your content. And then of course you want to make a page, let's say about a thousand to 1500 words long, which actually talks about the digital marketing courses, what makes them so special, et cetera, et cetera. But now you're not doing it for the San Diego, you're doing it for every major city you make a massive pillar page, right? So that pillar page essentially is where uh, where all these 50 sort of cities are housed, digital marketing was San Diego, et cetera, et cetera. And the intro is probably about, let's say about 500 to 1,000 words, right? Which talks about digital marketing courses in general. Chances of this ranking, uh, say locally, or whenever people are searching for digital marketing courses in, in those particular cities, uh, are, are going to be through the roof. You'll, you'll rank locally, I guarantee you within a week, if you were to follow this particular strategy, which is, and this is what programmatic SEO is essentially. Yeah, wild. Okay, crazy. And are many people doing this? Do you know many people that are doing stuff like this? Like uh, I, I have, I have the uh, the the privilege of actually learning, uh, being with some of the smartest minds in SEO in in Thailand. So you know they, they you know when you hang around being the dumbest guy in the room, I'm, I'm you know I, some of their intelligence definitely gets to rub off on me for sure. Mm. So one thing that's also interesting is uh, you mentioned offline that uh, you know you are scaling ads as well. So when uh, we spoke about a year ago, 
when it came to kind of your marketing mix, you were still pretty, pretty strong top of funnel first party. You still spent money on paid, but now it sounds like you're really scaling it out. Talk to me about your your thoughts there. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll, I'll first party data and the data that you own is still is still my bread and butter at the end of the day, right? But the thing is, you need to start looking at it from a wider funnel. So if you want to go from, let's say, uh, you know, if you want to go from like a $10 million company to a $30 million company, you need to start driving in a lot more traffic. And the, the problem with first-party data, as well as, let's say, the SEO way, right? It's 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 a constant, like it'll move, right? So for example, in the helpful content update, I'd be ha- I'm happy to admit that I was, I'm one of the losers, right? Maybe, maybe my traffic's down 15 to 20%. That's fine. No problem, right? I mean, we'll gain it back over the next, we have a six to one year long approach to it. Right, I'm in Healthline, for example, lost 13 million visitors. Wow, a month. Yeah. Wow. So, so we are not in the grand scale. Like, if you in the SEO game and your your website visits are anywhere between you know 20 to 30 percent down, that's the average. If you're only five percent down, consider yourself a winner. Right? Uh, why ads is the thing. So the ads landscape's changing pretty pretty interestingly, right? So when you're looking at the ads landscape. There's a few. There's a few interesting uh, plays in the market. Number one, uh, which I'm sure it's going to be discussed, is TikTok shops, right? When you look at TikTok shops in the grand scheme of things, as 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 an e-commerce entrepreneur, uh, when I look at how much commissions Amazon is charging me, right, the base of Amazon is between fifteen to twenty percent with ads and everything else, pick and pack, shipping, drop, you know, shipping, etc. I'm paying about forty cents to the dollar to Amazon. TikTok shops is about, and I'll, I, I'll speak about Southeast Asia in general, is, is about 4%. Uh, TikTok has its own warehousing facilities where they, use, where, they use it to, where they use it for fulfillment like Amazon does. The cost of fulfilling on that is another 2%, right? So I'm paying between 6 to 8% plus ad costs, let's say another 10%. So there's 18% what I'll pay on TikTok versus about 40% that I'm going to pay, pay on Amazon. That's just That's just a no-brainer for me, right? So when when we do want to do a global launch at the end of the day, we would probably like to do something with TikTok, for example, or there's other options out there which people are not thinking about, like Timu, Timu, which is another interesting competitor in the market, right? Uh, it's Timu. Timu is giving uh, Timu is funded by I think Tencent or one of those guys, and they've 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 hit the U.S. market. They're using about, they're losing about thirty to fifty dollars per user, but because of the funding that they have, they don't they're only acquiring users left, right, and center. So it's 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 a it's a good probable cause to get onto these new platforms, which are trying to break through and try to dethrone Amazon at the end of the day. And for a person who, I mean, Amazon is bread and butter. It's good. It's a good baseline. Keep it as is, right? But you need to start looking at different uh, market mar- market alternatives, right? Uh, Timu or TikTok or Etsy or you know Groupon. Very interesting model as well. Mm. Or Facebook. Facebook. Facebook's great, man. Fa- Facebook is still good for scaling. I think, I think what happened post iOS, and I was one of the guys who got hit really, really hard with uh, with Facebook post iOS. I started again on Facebook. I would say three months ago, three or four months ago. So we we, we got back on the Facebook horse, and I'll tell you what uh, the advantage plus shopping campaigns. That's the money maker essentially for you. So uh, without getting too much into the details, if you if you were ever thinking about that media buying is complicated and it's, uh, you know, you need to move the needle with sense. Uh, you need to, you know, go and change bits every day. You need to change everything else. 
I think that whole buying game has changed altogether, right? Media buying is now automated. What is not automated, and what a lot of intelligent people will say is, uh, it's a creative, right? Which I 100% would agree on. The best companies, and True Classic is a great example of this, they let, they just deploy, let's say, 30 or 40 creatives, and they, and they just let the audiences optimize for it. A really smart person who does this in the market that I really look up to is Vshred and Athletic Greens, right? They're testing out 150 different creatives. So you have a top of funnel, top of funnel creative testing funnel, right? You're testing out 100 different, 150 different creatives. You're putting a hard limit stop at $50 of test per creative. You take it down to the mid-level. You know, you have whatever your metrics are. It could be a sale, ROAS, or it could be click-through rate, or it could be anything else like that, right? Then you take it down one level more and you say, okay, the middle funnel, we're going to take test out the next 50 creatives. We're going to spend 100 bucks on them, see which one performs better. And then you, of course, take them to the lowest funnel. The stuff you can't control today is the creative. And let's not forget the landing page, right? That landing page testing becomes extremely, extremely important as well. So you can drive the traffic, you know, you can take the horse to the water, but I mean, is, is it going to drink it or not? That's your landing page. Then that's the most important thing here. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode and learning a ton. As you know, in this series, we interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it. However, if you're thinking of starting your own business and you want to hear from some incredible stories from everyday people like you or I who are actually in the trenches, only been building their business for maybe one year or two years, like that are building right now and they're really in the early stages, but they're getting success. You should come and check out our new podcast, From Zero to Founder, hosted by our community manager, Molly Flynn. These are in-the-trenches stories from our very own successful students that have gone through some of our programs, people just like you who are deep within the process of building their very own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow. You can find the From Zero to Founder podcast on all platforms. And remember, it's founder without the E. All right, now let's jump in the show. Yeah, look, a lot of talk about you know, from doing this summit around Facebook, but also that it's come back in a big way and that it's all about creative in a big, big, big way. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, you, you, you want to know something crazy? And, and I, I don't know if a lot of people agree with me. My best performing creatives are actually static ads. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Do you use AI to make them? Yeah. Mid-journey. Really, I'm sorry, for lack of a better word, I, mean, I was just like, uh, there's, a, there's a really interesting uh, smart guy out there. His name is Rory. And Rory actually showed me ads he was making using Mid-journey. And I was like, what? I was like, why the hell I don't, don't I know about this? And basically, we sat down for the session for two hours. And I think in two hours, we would bang out about like 50 to 75 ads. Wow. So you just, yeah. So you just need that much time if you... If you set yourself to it, to sort of do it, um, it's quite interesting. I mean, if you go, so something for the audience that they might be interested in is, for example, is Canva Canva just released Magic Editor. So you can actually like uh, put a banner out, give it a prompt, and it'll throw up an image that you can use in an ad immediately for Facebook or whatever, and then deploy it in different sizes. But that costs, costs you about 140 bucks or something a year. But if you want the free thing, uh, you can go to Bing, and on Bing, you can they have the DALI option. We can create your own image, and then you can edit the image using Microsoft Editor, which is which is all of this is free, by the way. Mm, this is game changing. Oh, awesome, man! This is gold. So, talk to us around more AI tools, man. Um, 
So what what are what other tools are you using in your business? We talked about Dali, we talked about ChatGPT, we talked about uh, Midjourney. What else? Uh, Jasper. I use Jasper. Why why do you use Jasper yeah. and not ChatGPT for copy? I use both actually. J- Jasper is actually a little bit better in terms of the output, the way it's uh, it reads, to be honest, but. Uh, you know, I, the jury's out on it, right? I prefer I prefer using Jasper. My team prefers using ChatGPT. And sometimes I'll just switch, right? ChatGPT is very interesting now. Here's the other thing, right? Um, uh, we were talking about creatives, right? How do you get good ideas for creatives? Uh, and I, I don't know if anybody else has talked about it, but I, but I can, but I'm definitely happy to talk about it. The best creatives come from looking at your competitor, right? Feeding all, uh, you can actually get, uh, Bing or whatever ChatGPT to crawl your competitors' reviews, right? Look at the reviews from five star to one star. Take out all the two and one star reviews. Put them in a table. You can actually give that prompt to ChatGPT. Put them all in a table. Look at the two and one star reviews. They will give you the pain points that your competitors' customers have that you're looking to solve, and then you actually make your ads and copy based on those particular reviews. Mm, that's cool. Game changing. Yeah, so kind of kind of interesting from where we where you wanted to go at the end of the day, right? Yeah, wow, crazy. All right, any other tools? Any other game changing tools you want to share with the audience community? These are the most basic tools I use. Uh, the, the the issue that I find is that there's a there's a lot of noise out there in general, right? And uh, unfortunately, I also have been caught up in it for the last like few months. But the, these are the basics I use. Uh, everything else for me was a distraction. I mean, people can go and if they if they want, they can they can kind kind of like experiment with it and see what works for you. I mean, Eleven Labs is another one which experimented for a while, which is quite interesting in terms of voice voiceover changes. So if you want to use the voiceover and you want to translate it uh, and have it done in different languages, so Eleven Labs was definitely it. Uh, but for us, wanted to keep it simple, man. Yeah, love it. Thank you. And like, look. This is what this summit's all about, man, and this conference, right? Like just give, getting people right to the source, speaking to legit founders that are using it day-to-day, how they're using it, how can people get ahead. So thank you. Um, what is the main challenge that you're finding in regards to implementing AI solutions in into your e-commerce business? Well, it's something that I was talking about before, which is the noise, right? There is so much. I think on, on my last – so on my last count, there was there's about a hundred different AI tools being 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 basically deployed every day, and everybody's getting funding for them because AI is the new thing, and everybody's excited about it, and everybody's and everybody on Twitter apparently uh, is doing really well with the AI tools, right? So so don't believe half the stuff you hear. I think uh, personally from experience, what I'll I'll go back go back to the basics, right? Uh, go back to to using the the three or four tools that you're most comfortable with, um, in in regards to our team. Uh, mostly we've gone back to the basics, right? Because the crazy person who was, who was testing out of the tools was me. And then I found out about three months in, this is a complete waste of time. So uh, the, the main challenges are, number one, is going to be the noise. And uh, number two, you you got you to gotta look at um, what fits your business model the best, right? Uh, for an e-commerce company, cop, you know, copy is king or queen, uh, creatives are king or queen. Uh, and, you know, you start from the basic building blocks, right? Uh, then you can sort of train your financial models, et cetera, et cetera, as you go up. Uh, word of caution, please don't feed, you know, all your financial data into open AI's, uh, stuff because it's just going to consume it tomorrow. And just, you don't know if it's, if it's safe or secure. A lot of companies have done this. Uh, 
not small e-commerce businesses, but I'm talking about law firms and stuff. So not the not the smartest idea ever because uh, you know that that data could at, at some point in time be exposed. So maybe don't do it that way. Use uh, you, you can use local LLMs to do so. Claude's one. It's a, it's kind of an interesting one or Lambda. Um, but yeah, uh, the 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 and but that's that's where we are at the moment, right? Uh, we 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 want to be an AI, AI first organization, and I'm sure everybody wants to be an AI first organization. But I think it it uh, you have training wheels on. Talking about chatbots, uh, how do you balance the use of chatbots and automation AI and the support driven solutions versus having that um, human touch in customer service? I'm a hundred percent human touch guy. Like it's that's been my motto since day one. Um, I had a chat with my uh, with a customer support team and the and the operations guy, and I was, you know, personally on the other side, which is like, hey, let's get let's get chatbots and let's get you know AI driven answers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they're like, they're like, the premise of your company is that you do human based support, right? That's what people want at the end of the day. And and the thing is, if, uh, the way the AI is today, people will know when they're pre trained answers. They will immediately know. And the thing is, you you can't you can't really you know don't take your take your customer uh, to be a fool, right? And they will know immediately when you're doing something like that. So uh, we've stuck to to human based customer support. I think people appreciate it a lot better. People appreciate when you pick up the phone and answer the calls. People appreciate it when you actually like tap and answer. We do have a, a middle layer to be to be really frank with you, which is basically canned answers, and they're basically prompts. Uh, and then you know you you put in a prompt slash you know. Uh, problem X, Y, Z, and it just spits out the answer. So you actually have somebody who reads it and is able to give the right solution for the right problem. Got you. And then what about the future? Where do you see this going in the next five years, especially for e-commerce founders and the e-commerce space? It will get automated. I think it's 100% going to be automated. But the but the thing is, like, let me give you, I think a good example is, and I hope you know, you don't mind if it's, uh, I'll share with you a personal experience of a customer story that I had, right? Uh, there, there's two email providers that I, that, are, that I use that are quite well known in the e-commerce market, right? One, one e-commerce, uh, this email provider uses, uh, is a 24-7 human-driven customer support. The other one uses chatbots. Um, I tried, I have used both of them. I'm actually a customer of both of them, but I'm going to close down and move to the human support one because there was somebody who called me when they when they saw problems in my account and then reached out to me and did a remote session at 12 midnight california time to help solve my problem and i think that will never be the same compared to let's say what ai can do for you at the end of the day right that experience that emotions that evoke that it evoked in me that i'm sharing with you i don't think so that's going to happen with ai however having said that i think gradually uh you the low-level support customers is, uh, customer support is, of course, going to be automated, one hundred percent. And what about the the future of e-commerce and uh, in the next five years when it comes to AI, just in general? Where where do you see that going? Mm. That's an interesting. That's a very interesting question because you look at you look at you look at all the e-commerce. Uh, most e-commerce guys, I mean, we are platform dependent, right? Google, Facebook, TikTok, whatever, whatever. And now let's take it one level up. When you're doing media buying on these platforms, it's already automated. It's a, it's it's an algorithm. It's AI generated. It's it's and it's moving in that direction, right? So five years from now, 
who knows your even your creatives are going to be AI generated. I'm I'm a hundred percent sure. In fact, they're they're going to be AI generated because I don't know if you've seen that example in China where people are using AI AI like AI likenesses of people doing doing UGCs. Yeah, yeah. And that's and I was like, holy hell, this is crazy, right? So so that's already happening. I mean, I was going to say five years from now, it's happening today. Uh, so five years from now is an interesting thing, man. I mean, the last eight months have changed, have have flipped everything on its head. So I don't know where, what, what, you know, December is even going to bring now. I was going to ask one more question and that's just around kind of, I guess, if you were to start an e-commerce business tomorrow or, or a new brand tomorrow and add a new one to your portfolio, I know you do a lot of acquisitions now as well, but if you were starting a new one from scratch, how would you use AI to have a competitive edge and advantage? So can I, uh, I'll be, I'll be super candid with you, right? So I think the number one thing that I would look at is where, where, what markets I want to go to. Do I want to do want to go blue ocean or red ocean, right? So red ocean is, of course, it's a it's a very competitive market. The oceans are bloody, et cetera, et cetera. Blue ocean is the market's open, right? So can I, number one question is, can I take something that exists in the West and does not exist in the East, essentially. A similar concept. So Rocket Internet, the guys in Germany used to copy everything out of Silicon Valley. Perfect example of, of, of this model, right? Uh, literally, like, rip everything off and take it, take it to a different locale. It'll work. 100% it'll work. Uh, the, other, the other, so speaking about e-commerce, uh, I'll probably have to look at what, what I'm most comfortable with, what am I most knowledgeable about, or what, what am I most, like, I have, I have, I'm like, yes, like, I know watches, I know what watches are going to work. I know exactly. Let's drill down two or three levels down this. If not watches, I think straps will work. Within straps, what is the right kind of strap that's going to work? Is it like alligator skin? Probably not because, you know, it's cruelty to animals. It's going to be phased out. Uh, is it going to be, you know, NATO straps? Well, NATO straps are a little bit old. They're done and dusted. Probably not. Maybe there is a market for vegan leather. Now, let's go one step further. I'm going to start looking at, you know, the amount of searches that exist within the market for vegan leathers, vegan leather straps, right? What is the trend line that's happening on vegan leather straps? It's all publicly available information. Input that data into ChatGPT. Look at Bing. Be like, hey, can you make me a chart on vegan leather purchases year over year for the last 10 years? And if you start seeing a trend line that's coming upwards, guess what? You got a product market fit. Then you start looking at in the market and doing a price uh, a comparison of the top 10 sites that send vegan leather straps. So that's the process that I personally would follow and then move, move, move in that general direction. Mm, love it. Okay. One last question. Um, is there any questions that you wanted me to ask you that I didn't ask you and any, if so, what are they, what would you like to share with people and any final words of wisdom for our community? I, <laughs> I I appreciate that you think I have words of wisdom, but yeah, I appreciate that, man. Um, I don't have any questions, you know, for any questions you would like to ask me. I wish that everybody uh, is able to use AI to like succeed in what they're doing at the moment. And I really want to appreciate what founders is doing to help, uh, you know, uh, new entrepreneurs in the e-com space with this. This is something I've, I'm so happy about. I'm so excited about. And, you know, uh, it's, it, there's only, it's, it's only onwards and upwards from here. Awesome. Well, uh, man, that was awesome. You shared so much gold, so many hacks, so many cool tools, processes, how you're using AI in your business, how other founders are using AI in their business. This was gold. So thank you so much, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. 
As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.